Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the Yahoo Sports College Podcast with Dan Wetzel. First off, it's at Camping World Stadium in Orlando, which apparently ho- is hosting a bowl every night. It's like uh, college football Hanukkah. <laughs> <laughs> Pete Thamel. Go be who you are, Auburn, right? You're the one who embraces then say sinners. And SI's Pat Forty. We got a bunch of meddling boosters, which is the Auburn way of life. Here's Pat, Pete, and Dan. All right, dust is settled from uh, Selection Sunday. And we're going to pick a whole mess of bowl games here. We actually are missing two because they started so fast. They were quick on us. I enjoyed Monday afternoon, the Myrtle Beach Bowl going on. Uh, App State looked good. And the broadcast on ESPN was basically the Marty and McGee show from the sideline, which I've never, I mean, might as well, right? Yeah, might as well. You're you're doing a Monday afternoon bowl game between App State and North Texas. Might as well. It was good. Yeah. I like yeah. Marty McGee. Good oh, show on funny. SEC yeah. Network. Check it out if you can. Get the SEC Network. I'm sure you're paying for it. So uh, <laughs> might as well watch it. Otherwise, you're just contributing to the Gus Malzahn fund. <laughs> That's the yeah. thing. Everybody with basic cable just paid Gus Malzahn. You're funding Auburn's disastrous coaching search again. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Which also doubles as entertainment and fodder for Fine Mom, too. So they're, 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 it's like the SEC. They're getting kickbacks on their kickbacks, just like their reputation tells them. <laughs> really is. Really is. If you want to know how you can fire, you can pay a guy 20 something million and not have a plan to replace him, it's because of your basic cable fees. <laughs> You're the sucker in the end. Anyway, Auburn, uh, you know, look, we're taping this on uh, Tuesday, a little after noon Eastern time. They very well may have hired a coach. I mean, for for all we know, they've lured Bill Belichick out of Foxborough, and you guys can all laugh at us for laughing at them right now. More likely than not, they haven't done that. Can you see Belichick, like, coaching him up on how to roll Toomer's corner? (laughs) We're pretty Remember Kentucky almost got Bill Parcells to take – Bill Parcells almost took the job. I boy, do I know that one? Yeah, and then Bob Knight talked him out of it. Said you'll you'll go crazy dealing with all the people on campus and stuff, which is true. Oh, it's true. It's which is true. true. Bill was not. Yeah, you're gonna have a committee meeting on something, or gonna have to attend. This professor would like a word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. Anyway, uh, would have been good. So uh, Auburn, we thought, hey, you don't fire your coach where you owe him this much money this quickly. A coach who's you know, pretty good. 
Unless you got a plan. Pat, what was the plan? <laughs> well, the plan, depending on what you believe and what you hear, the, the plan was basically we got a bunch of meddling boosters, which is the Auburn way of life, who were going to barge into this and try to take control, uh, do what they wanted to do, and not really worry about anybody else. And that's run into some resistance from the administration. Uh, and as I was told last week, there were a lot of cooks in the kitchen, quote unquote. There were, quote, people divided into camps, unquote. There was the Hugh Freeze camp. There was the Kevin Steele camp, my favorite camp, by the way, the, the <laughs> defensive coordinator, uh, the guy who <laughs> this this is like Auburn repeating its own dysfunctional psychotic history here, because if it's true that the Bobby Louder factor from the from the booster fringe basically engineered Gus's ouster to elevate the defensive coordinator. Well, he's already done that before there in the 1990s. They did that with pushing out Terry Bowden and trying to elevate Bill brother Oliver. That didn't work. Oliver got the job halfway through the season and flopped. He went two and three winless in the SEC, so they couldn't keep him. Uh, and this is also the same group of people that tried to submarine Tommy Tuberville but for Bobby Petrino behind Tubbs' back during the season. So par for the course. Now where this thing is going, who knows? But we've had a lot of people say they don't want the job because they've looked and said, who wants to work at that crazy place? Here's the thing. Auburn is struggling right now because it's attempting to detach itself from the soul of what Auburn really is. And what Auburn really is, as we've known it for the past generation, is filled with crazy boosters, <laughs> rogue board members, and essentially a complete dysfunction that hovers above a president who doesn't have a heck of a lot to say, an athletic director. I mean, they, when they, in some of their glory years, they promoted the SID to athletic director. Think about that. Yeah, like, they, so they don't want a, a, a strong presence there. Alan Green, to his credit, the athletic director has tried to be that presence, and he has tried to run a real search. When at this point, what actually would have served Auburn best was just go hiring Hugh Freeze. Go be who you are, Auburn, right? You are the one who embraces then say sinners. Like that is you, that is who you are. You have empowered the sinners over the years. You've brought them back. You've enabled them. Like, why is this different? If you want the best coach, which is what the Auburn you and I know, Pat, has always wanted, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They will look past it and their fans will find the set of facts that match their hopes to win, right? There is not going to be any Auburn fan. They're conditioned for cheaters. That's all they know. So <laughs> just go hire Hugh Freeze and be done with it. Like, just be yourself. You're trying to be somebody else. It's not working. Especially, I mean, this is the school that, that basically said, we don't care what they got on Bruce Pearl. We're sticking with it. So, and that was after hiring Bruce Pearl to begin with. So, yes, that that would be much more true to Auburn's soul. I was talking to uh, uh, an athletic director last night, and he said, "Well, they must not want to hire him because of what you know the basketball programs and the crosshairs because of Bruce Pearl." And I said, "Auburn University would never make a football decision based on something that could happen to basketball. <laughs> That's just not going to happen." Like. Basketball ranks a lot closer to like intramural rugby than it does to football in the important scale at Auburn. Now, could they, you know, obviously there's they are not going down the road with Hugh Freeze because the optics would be horrible because they know exactly what would be written and how they would be scorned. So it's just but the same reason why we all think they 
they, they were going to hire Hugh Freeze is the same reason why all of these sort of conventional candidates are scared to take the job. They're scared to take the job because of the dysfunction, because the, the president's on a short leash there, just kind of back and full time. So you don't know. It, like, I think fans probably underestimate the amount that coaches value who the president is. Right. Like that doesn't come up a lot in like message board conversations. But like you need, again, alignment. We use all these all these buzzwords. Right. If your president is going to get off and you have to trust the board of trustees to hire a new president like that's scary to coaches. So basically, if you're going to go to Auburn, you got you, you know, you got one crack at the big time. Right. Like and you don't want that hierarchy right there. Alan Green's a very good athletic director. He's a good athletic director at Buffalo. He went to Notre Dame, was a baseball star there. He played in the Yankees system. He does not appear long for Auburn because it just seems like a philosophical mismatch. And so if you're looking at that job right now, they're trying to do the right thing, but are the pieces going to be in place to believe in the long term that you can do the right thing there? It's clear that like something's just a miss because this is a really, really good job. It will pay you a ton of money. It will grant you tremendous power. You have a great recruiting base where you're an hour, an hour from parts of Metro Atlanta, if that, uh, it, you know, you're not far from the pan. There's so many players around there. And, you know, yes, Nick Saban's across the way, but it, it, that's the SEC. You're going to be surrounded by great programs somewhere. So, it's it's got great potential. They're not getting it. And you're, you're right. I mean, Pete, you know, we're worried what, about the Bruce Pearl. Like basketball does not matter. They could have been at that final four a couple of years ago. And all the Auburn fans are there becoming basketball fans for for three weeks. Yep. And they could have announced in the middle of the first half that Bo Nix would be throwing passes in the parking lot to like <laughs> their new re- their new receiver recruit. And half of them would have walked out to watch the the passing expert, you know, <laughs> There's the plan is just like, like we gave them too much credit. We're like, maybe Auburn's got it's, it's, you know, it's things in a row here. It's ducks in a row. I mean, you say, Pat, you said it's like too many cooks in the kitchen. This thing is like an episode of the Food Network's Chopped, right? There's, <laughs> there's just, there's four warring factions and they're told, here's a basket of like aged duck eggs, a half eaten cheeseburger, some SpaghettiOs. <laughs> And and kale, <laughs> come up with a coach in thirty minutes. <laughs> like that's and, and so then it's like, well, we we didn't get we got turned down by the Louisiana coach and the UAB coach. Yeah, I don't think the UAB coach is a real candidate, by the way. Maybe but not. the fact that they're in position but, for people to think that the UAB <laughs> coach was a real candidate, I think I think that was like he wasn't getting enough love and was just like, you know what, I'm not going to get this. I'm just going to like. Leak to someone that I'm pulling out of a job that I was never really involved with. I also well, that, am not a candidate for yeah, the L. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I, I get I get there's a ton of that play yeah. in there. And it's like, hey, no, yeah. I'll tell, you know, my yeah. agent, tell tell them I'm not interested. Yeah. But uh, uh, I turned I, down both a spot in the Red Sox bullpen today and a date with Giselle. So I'm having a pretty yeah. good day. I just said, <laughs> no, you know what? I'm not interested. Happy where I am. But the fact of the matter is that, you know, that's the thing. There's no control over the message and there's no control over where this thing is going. And somebody, I mean, it was told to me, they, you know, they put, they hired Parker executive search and the person said, yeah, the search firm doesn't even know what they're doing. Like the search firm can't get coherent answers from Auburn because there's four or five different people off doing their own thing. And so that's when you get all of a sudden 
Oh, no, it's going to be Cameron Steele. No, it's going to be Billy Napier. No, it's going to be you. Ah, it's going to be Mario Cristobal. It's, you know, it, it, the thing is all over the place because your your people are all over the place leaking and meddling and doing whatever they're doing. Auburn's like the like the, the ex-con who's been institutionalized in Shawshank, and they're like trying to adjust to being a Walmart greeter. <laughs> like, it's just like a really awkward, like, they're like looking over at the candy aisle, boy, I'd like a Snickers, you know? <laughs> Like that's what they're 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 dressed up and they're they're trying to give their warm flair at the door. But it, it like I just, it's just hard to buy right now. Well, uh, look, the one thing I will say for you Auburn fans is I remember when the USC was a big joke because they went through six straight candidates and didn't get their guy and they end up with Pete Carroll. So yeah, uh, it's not who you wanted first; it's who you end up with and whether it works out. Auburn may end up with that guy, but they clearly fired Gus Malzahn with no set plan, even though they had years of plotting to fire him. That's, that's sort of it. So, yeah. uh, and they spent $21 million to do it. That's the other thing. I mean, this was a very expensive move. You would expect some plan. So can I give you a good Auburn candidate, like a realistic one who would take the job and I think could win. And I maybe think- give it to Auburn. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, Ed, maybe someone's listening. <laughs> I would, hire Jay Dan, I, I would hire Dan Quinn, the former Falcons coach, all right? Every recruit in a five-hour radius has grown up watching him on the sideline, right? Like, that's the, the, the Falcons are kind of that quadrant's team, okay? He coached in a Super Bowl, and if it wasn't for Kyle Shanahan trying to get fancy and pass the ball, he would have beaten yep. Bill Belichick in a Super Bowl. But Dan Quinn is also an SEC defensive coordinator for two years, so he has a fundamental understanding of, like, how – college football at a big time level works. So he's not this like total novice coming in and needing to needing to learn on the job. And he is charismatic, unlike perhaps uh, the gentleman in Tuscaloosa. Like he has some juice that he could insert there in an identity and he would connect and be likable. This is what I've said about Auburn talking to people all week about it. You got to have a little backslap in you to be at Auburn. Like Luke Fickle doesn't have any backslap in him. He's an excellent coach. He'll win wherever he goes. But he doesn't want to like you know, backslap and be around town and, and be kind of like th- that kind of uh, that kind of guy. There are certain coaches and we could probably think of a half dozen of them around here who don't have a whole lot of backslap in them. They're like serious guys who want to go to work. And that's not a knock. It's just like a fit thing. You don't need backslap to be a coach at Ohio State or uh, Cincinnati. But Dan Quinn's got enough of that in him where he could he could be fine. He could connect. He could engage. He could be in the community like one of Justin Fuente's problems at Virginia Tech right now is like he hasn't engaged in the community and he doesn't have a lot of backslap. And now when you're, you know, flailing a little bit, that stuff comes back and uh, it hurts you. So so I really I really feel like I, I tell you this. Name me a better coach who fits there that's not Lane Kiffin and is not Hugh Freeze than Dan Quinn. I wasn't expecting a Dan Quinn. I'm not going to. I mean, he he's very he's he's very personable, and he will do. I I would agree. He's the guy that will, with a smile on his face, drive down to the, you know, Tigers Club of the Wiregrass region for a Tuesday lunch in March and have them all charmed that uh, he's going to coach coach the guys up. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, the NFL guys. It's a it's a mix. Everything's a mixed bag. I don't. Yeah. I mean, he's a good coach. And you're right. Shanahan blew that Super Bowl, man. They had it won. They had it won. They had first and goal. All they had to do, they could have taken three knees and they beat the Patriots. Instead, they didn't. You win a he Super Bowl. He worked for Pete and, Carroll? Like, I, no, I, 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 it's a pretty good 
it's a pretty good choice. I hadn't hadn't even thought of the the, the possibility. But who yeah, would you hire I, right I, now, Pat Forty? Hugh Freeze. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm Auburn. I'm, yeah. we're, I'm I'm being Auburn here, right? Yes. Then, then yeah, that would, I would hire Hugh Freeze in five minutes. It would have been done a week ago. <laughs> a role play that makes all Auburn fans uncomfortable. Pat acting as Auburn. No, I. <laughs> yeah, but they they've clearly if they wanted to hire Hugh Freeze, they would have done it a long time ago. Yeah. Much like the Kevin Steele candidacy is like the all time classic, right? Like oh, yeah. wires it up behind the scenes, like takes that machete, shoves it in Gus's back after years of plotting it, leaks out that he's going to be the leading guy. And then there's just like no traction at all. Like yeah. that to me is like the classic SEC uh, like plot. There was like a hashtag on social media. Stop, Stop the steal. <laughs> yeah, right. Yep. Like yeah. it was pretty clever, I thought. Yeah. Um, all right. All right. Here's a coach that did get hired. Podcast favorite Brett B is back. Yeah. Bielema to Illinois, his home state. Grew up on a farm in Illinois, played at Iowa and coached at Wisconsin. This guy is like a row of corn. Just stretched across the... uh, (laughs) With some cheese on the top. Yeah, a little, you know, decided to go down there and try the SEC. Didn't quite work out. But I will say, was not a complete disaster at Arkansas. There's sort of a... If you have, you know, Arkansas is a little tricky. It was it was not it was not a total disaster. It just wasn't good enough. Illinois to me has always been the job that how are they not at least good every year, let alone potentially great. It's uh, the fourth, fifth biggest state in the country. I don't know the populations right now. It, it, it's got it's got major cities. It's got a bunch of big suburbs. It's got I mean it's. Champagne is not your most dynamic stop on the Big Ten, but it's not like there's a lot of cruise ships leaving from the other places. That's like you saying you're not a threat to win the Boston Marathon, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know uh, why uh, Illinois is never any good, but they're rarely good. Here's a guy who's going to come in and I assume go with his his formula of big lineman and run the ball, but has also spent the last uh, three seasons either at the Patriots or the Giants. Presumably learning even more. I thought it was pretty good hire. Yeah. I'm I'm in on I'm in on Brett Bielman to Illinois. Like if you want to get Illinois backed, well, first of all, they're so much more relevant right now than they were at any moment under Lovey Smith, essentially. So you have a guy who's a known commodity and he has an energy and charisma to him that that program has not seen or felt in a very long time. You could argue Ronzo had some charisma to him. I would just say he had bluster, but you know, they, they had a moment under they had a moment under Ronzo. And that moment passed quickly. I feel like Bielma, especially in this era where you can flip rosters quickly and they're gonna have to do that, will do it. And look, he has in that footprint a lot of goodwill with with all the high school coaches. If it, Brett Bielma's core growing up in the business under Bill Snyder and under Barry Alvarez was as a recruiter. Like that's who he was. And he can go invest and sell in that footprint. I I think there's going to be success. Am I saying they're going to win the Big Ten West? No. Am I saying they're going to be way more competitive and way more relevant in the next three years? Absolutely. Like, there's like a reason to watch Illinois football. The the, the Lovey Smith era was like a long winter's nap to fill his 401k. It was a terrible hire from the start. They had one bowl game. They had, you know, they beat Wisconsin, actually. That was their, their little moment of glory. But for the most part, they had no identity. They had no stars. I think they just signed one player from the state of Illinois in the last recruiting class. Like, they just had, they were just completely irrelevant. Brett makes you relevant with the chance to make you better. 
He is not going to try to do Wisconsin part two. He's told me he's going to try to be a little bit more creative and dynamic. And I do think going to work in the NFL for, for multiple years is a huge asset to coaches strategically. Like people think like Greg Shannon goes and gets fired in Tampa. He's a bad ex as a nose coach. No, you have spent, it's like getting a doctorate and a graduate degree. You spend two years not dealing with recruiting, backslapping, grades, all that stuff. All you are doing is studying scheme. So he's going to come back, I think, a little energized from the schematic side, and he's going to channel into what got him there, and I think it's a good hire. Yeah, I like it too. Um, uh, I think that he obviously, yes, he has some cachet there. He will be the much more energetic recruiter than Lovey Smith was. There was a lot of talk. Uh, after Lovey went, really, like coaches around Illinois, like, yeah, we never heard from the guy. We never saw the guy. That will not be the case with Bielema. Uh, and no, he's smart enough. He's gonna, you're not going to out Wisconsin, Wisconsin in the same division. So you're going to have to do things a little bit different. Uh, you can't do, you know, Iowa plays a similar way. And if you are, don't have as good of players or as entrenched a system as Wisconsin and Iowa, doing the same thing isn't going isn't to beat them. So, you know, he'll find ways to mix it up. And again, this, you know what, the Big Ten West, there's some good coaches and some good programs there. Uh, and if you know what, if you're Nebraska, you're looking saying, oh, gosh, here's another one we got to deal with. Nebraska, which, by the way, lost to Illinois this year. So, you know, the, 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 the West is increasingly interesting and I think increasingly well coached probably and uh, competitive. So I, I like it and I look forward to seeing it. I mean, for our purposes, excellent. He'll bring up, you know, yeah. uh, he'll he'll create a lot of lot of excitement for our podcast. So I'm in favor of it because I mean, what else? Uh, Lovey. Yeah. You know, there's a guy you talk about a region where kids grew up watching Lovey Smith coach a pro team. And I mean, he actually, you know also made a Super Bowl, you know, and it didn't work out. But I, it's just, I mean, it just didn't work out. Uh, they were terribly boring. Uh, so this is another attempt. Uh, I like it. I think I think Brett will do well. He's a Midwestern guy. And again, it wasn't that bad at Arkansas. It was just not good enough. Right. And at a time, that was really tough to be at Arkansas. Really I mean, hard Sa to be. Saban's on top of his game. Auburn was good. A&M's coming in. LSU was good. It was tough. I mean, he's not doing like everyone's excited about the Sam Pittman era now. <laughs> like Sam Pittman may only get to the Brett Bielema era. Right. You know, I mean, it's like, hey, hey, look at this. We got a, some kind of competence. You know, that's basically where we're at right now. So um, anyway, Illinois, here you go. All right. We are going to get now to the uh, 2020 bowl extravaganza picks. The race for the bowl. Yep. I don't know what uh, that's. <laughs> Uh, that has different connotations to, uh, you know, <laughs> recreational relaxants per se than the race for the case. Really, when is a marijuana company gonna gonna yeah. sponsor one of these and just be the like, yeah. you know, smoke the bowl bowl or whatever? Like, <laughs> at what point? There's a lot. I don't know. I mean, a lot of states have got it. Uh, we're legalized. Absolutely. We Colorado wants to host a bowl. There it is, the edible yeah, bowl. <laughs> right there in Denver. The <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no one has to fake glaucoma anymore. It's just <laughs> the marijuana bowl. I mean, we've had dumber names. We've had dumber crops. Tonight's bowl is a roof roofclaim.com bowl. We I mean, come on. There's more money in weed than in roofing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Roofs, you wait till you own a house, Sully. Roof claims <laughs> everywhere, man. You can't shake yeah. roof claim this year. Those roofs cost a lot of money. Um, roof claim 
but not even just the corporate ones, like the old school ones. I mean, they used to, you know, where they really were about some kind of staple of the local. Like, what the hell was the blue bonnet bowl? Like, were people in, like in Atlanta back in the day just wearing blue bonnets or something? What is uh, that? It's for the flower, man. A flower. Oh, I don't know. I don't buy Come blue on. bonnet flower. They have a flower. See, there you go. I mean, anyway, I'm looking forward to that. We will. I'll attend that bowl game. Maybe that's the bowl. I've been threatening to try to start a bowl. I had to pay off too many people. <laughs> what would when you I call wrote your that bowl, to, Dan? Oh, I got an idea now. Yeah. We're going to call it, you're paying me too much to run this bowl bowl. <laughs> um, the, back the, when back when we were criticizing the I, these death of the BCS plugs, I mean, I don't make any money off it. So uh, it, it, it's like, People are like, the bowls will die. I said, I will buy any bowl that dies. I will automatically. <laughs> Jim Delaney said, the bowl industry is dead. I said, I'll take them all. I'll buy them all. And I will, man, would, I would not be doing this crappy podcast if that had ever happened. <laughs> is anyway, like a Saturday Night Live skit with like the down in the dumps bowl guys because they couldn't sell their tickets this year? You got like seven caricatures of bowl guys all wearing like an orange suit coat and a turquoise suit coat and yeah. a cream suit coat all sitting around lamenting how their graft has been upended by COVID. Yeah. Nobody can come to the game. So you can't charge the band. Yes. You know, $230 a seat plus a seat for the tuba to, to sit in an empty stadium. Right. You can't do that anymore. It's tough, tough times for the bowl, the bowl guys, man. Yeah. Car payments and stuff. I mean, it's, it's tough. So we're going to, we're going to promote your games, whoever survived, but yeah, somebody in Colorado get a bowl game going uh, or anywhere else. Uh, by the way, last year, we're reviewing last year's race for the bowl results. And uh, look who won me. <laughs> Pete is a regular season guy. I am a postseason. <laughs> I'm the Atlanta right? Braves, man. Just yeah. slow and steady. Bobby Cox. Arizona basketball. How are you yeah. doing, Pete? 18 <laughs> and 18 you went last year. Gagged in the Sweet 16 again. <laughs> Can we make that final eight? I won it all 24 and 12. Pat, 23 and 13, Sully, 22 and 14. The, but the clear implication here is it's, it, we're picks are against the spread. We will make you money. Although I would I would bet on no bulls this year. No. Oh, my God. Well, for, the only thing I bet on bulls is more bulls not happening, right? Like, especially right. the people who are going home for Christmas and thinking, like, their, their bulls are going to happen. Come on. Like, let, let me explain just, how I won last year. I do not analyze the running attack versus the linebacker play. I solely I, I have a I have a great gift for looking into uh, people's uh, level of motivation in life because my motivation for life is often so low. I sympathize with these people, and that's how I make my picks based on are they going to try? Yeah, give a hoot. Yeah. We can call it here on a family yeah. friendly podcast. The give a hoot. Did they give one a of hoot? those uh, probably that same those same guys at ESPN who came up with the uh, <laughs> shot that Clemson wasn't going to make the playoff despite emasculating the second place team, the committee was going to punish them for that. Mm -hmm. um, they had their, they had the Miami, was it La, La Tech that they play? Was it La Tech last oh, year? Oh, yeah. In Shreveport. That's what I think begat the, sh the sleet in Shreveport. Yeah, always sleets in Shreveport. And Miami was their number one most confident victory, right? The confidence points. <laughs> like, those kids in Miami are like, get me back to Miami. They don't exactly. want to play. I don't care what your analytics say. You're not looking at the human condition. That's right. right. I go in depth. I care about the people. <laughs> yeah. You're in touch with everyone's feelings. I really you know? am. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're going to do these. Uh, there's a million of them. So let's not get too, uh, you know, too much into that it. That was directed at me. I know. 
<laughs> we don't want to we don't want to hear about the shell coverage against you know the the, the yeah, four the verticals receivers coach who's got the yeah. slot playing no. well nope right. got it i'll pick no. the damn game <laughs> the assistant strength coach has kept yeah. them really limber during uh. all right uh Let's start with this. This uh, we're, we're, they, So we already had one game. We're basically skipping the first two games because the podcast will be out after. Um, but Tuesday night does have the roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. I, what is roof claim? Is that a roofing company or is that like if you're someone, your roof breaks? If you like your neighbor's no roof, you can claim it. <laughs> I think this sounds like a broken roof company. It's yeah, kind of weird. I have no idea. Uh, they, they're probably the people that, you know, you get three three hailstones hit your roof and they come swooping in and drive up and say, oh, you need to file for $9,000 in damages for this roof right here. Uh, no, it is the trusted authority in roofing, the roofing oh. industry, according okay. to. What is your God. favorite also, dot-com bowl game in history? Mine is the galleryfurniture.com bowl. Pat? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I go with uh, the mpccomputers.com bowl. That was... Uh, that was one of the names for the humanitarian bowl in Boise. And sadly, we're not picking that game because it's going on like now. Sad. I We don't get to pick the famous Idaho potato bowl. That is sad. I, I mean, really, you, 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 you <laughs> thinking of getting a new roof on the house, son? Hey, I'm watching this uh, crappy bowl game. Uh, maybe, uh, I mean, these are major purchases. All right. Anyway, BYU uh, against Central Florida. BYU's given six and a half. Let's uh, let's start this. Pat, you go first. Yep, I'm taking the Cougs to cover that. They've had a great season. I'm sorry they don't get to play a Power Five team, but UCF is a good opponent. Great quarterback showdown. Zach Wilson against Dylan Gabriel. Better defense for the Cougs, so they're going to win in cover. I'm going to take Central Florida. I, I think one of the things that, uh, that, that it, it's interesting. Oh, here I go. I'm actually going to talk about the games. You guys always get mad at me when I do that. Coastal Carolina kept the ball in BPYU, right? Because they're a scheme. Central Florida wants to score in four plays. I think the diamondism of Central Florida's receivers will allow them to win and cover in this game. All right, Sully's just going to make his picks. He's not going to uh, do it on the pod <laughs> to try to. He's just the pick grunter. One, one syllable, Sully. <laughs> he will make picks, but we are. No, no need. For no time's need. sake. Yeah. For time's sake, yeah. We are. Yeah, I know, sorry. Uh, let me tell you something about Boca Raton. Don't ever bet against a Cougar on a Tuesday night, man. They know how to get their business done. <laughs> oh, boy. They call that the Kiffin philosophy. Yeah. yeah those, right. That yeah. is some world-class Cougars uh, living in Boca Raton. So I think BYU will feel quite at home. Uh, all right. R&L Carriers, New Orleans Bowl. R&L Carriers. This is a shipping company? What do we think? Movers? Yeah, Anyone? No, that they're a trucking company. Trucking, trucking company. Yep. How, yep. how is this? Wh- how? What does this do for their business? I have no idea whatsoever. I mean, people like, you know, you're counting on what the 17 people that like own firms that are sitting at home saying, oh, we're going to switch our shipping to R&L carriers. I, it makes no sense to me. It seems like a small group of people. It is a privately owned American freight shipping company based in Wilmington, Ohio. Uh, it has a fleet of 21,000 tractors and trailers. But yeah, like it seems like there's a very small number of people who are in the business for a a tractor and trailer uh, fleet. Yes. My guess is that they're based in New Orleans and they're being good civic partners. No, they're headquartered in Wilmington, Ohio. Okay, then. Never mind. And I got to tell you, uh, (laughs) 
Wilmington's not, I mean, that is not one of your uh, major metropolitan regions. Uh, it's like halfway between, uh, I think, Cincinnati and Columbus. Anyway, uh, apparently they believe that a lot of people will be watching the La Tech Georgia Southern game who have this uh, business interest. Uh, the uh, Eagles are giving six and a half. Yeah, I'm taking Tech to pull the upset, not just cover, but win. Skip Holtz is 6-0 and oh in bowl games, including three straight upset wins. Going to be 7-0 and oh in four straight after this one. La Tech's been ravaged by COVID this year to the point where I think they're finally going to be whole. Enjoy tackling the triple option. Never fun to prep for or play against. But I think La Tech, uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to copy Pat, right? What a good strategy. Uh, La Tech's going to win and cover. My alma mater, UMass, scored just 12 points this season. Ten of them came against Georgia Southern, so I am going on the basis that Georgia Southern's defense must be a complete sieve. <laughs> take, I'll take La Tech to, uh, to, to end the points. Montgomery Bowl apparently has no sponsor. Is that true? Hey, Montgomery's got two bowls. Is that? Oh, I was going to say, is that different than the Camellia Bowl? It is. Huh? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Montgomery has two bowls. I haven't read bowls. the bowl dash yet. I apologize. It just it it just published. Okay, like, I will read it. It's an annual frolicking good time. Can you, you know, can you see the beat writer from the Montgomery Avenue? Here we are again <laughs> for a game that happens to be played in our town that I well, don't think anyone cares about. <laughs> and here's the here's the worst part of that. The second one, the Camellia Bowl, is December twenty fifth at two thirty p.m. Christmas no. Day. Oh, yeah, I'll be watching is, that poor intern. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> How do you not get a sponsor? Wasn't there one that was just like Drew Brees' like sports bar? Didn't they didn't he sponsor walk-ons? one once? It was like walk-ons. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And walk-ons yeah. did the like, Shreveport Bowl. Come on. Yeah. yeah. And Montgomery doesn't even have a single potato skin chicken wing operation that'll sponsor <laughs> this. I mean at this point, you take whatever you can get. All right. No, no sponsor. Sorry. Memphis uh, against FAU. Memphis is giving eight and a half. Oh, I think Memphis is going to blow them out. I really do. Uh, FAU is a little bit like they're they're the, the reality of FAU doesn't match the record of FAU, and they they yeah. I'm not going to get into it because you don't want to hear it. Just I really trust Memphis in this game. I would be high in my points confidence pool on Memphis. Yeah, this is a Memphis cover. Uh, FAU lost their they got blown out their last two games. They're zero and three outside the state of Florida, and they ain't that excited to go to Montgomery. Sorry, Memphis wins easy. Yeah, I'm going to take Memphis, too. They have lost their last five bowl games, though. I'll take Memphis the points. FAU, uh, Willie Taggart. Yeah, I don't think those kids are going to be excited about Montgomery. They don't even, what kind of swag do you get if there's no corporate sponsor? All right, another one, apparently not a corporate sponsor, but uh, nothing like the tradition of the New Mexico Bowl, which will be played in Frisco, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'd like to go on my bowl trip to the New Mexico Bowl and go have the uh, <laughs> the chili, the chilies of New Mexico while riding in a in a hot air balloon. Uh, no, sorry, it's suburban uh, Dallas. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, that's great. <laughs> Love it. The beautiful sunsets of suburban Dallas. Hawaii is playing Houston in this thing. Houston's given thirteen. Yeah, uh, they're, they're the. Like the governor of New Mexico basically just said, there ain't going to be any football in our state this year. Don't ask. And so that's how this bowl game ends up uh, in Frisco. I'm taking Houston here. The Rainbow Warriors can't stop the run. And uh, there is motivation. Dan, you're looking for motivation? There's motivation for Dana Holgerson because when you blow a bowl game at Houston, 
They fire you. Tillman Fertitta fired uh, Major Applewhite when they flopped against Army a couple years ago. So if he's if he knows his program history, he'll have him ready. Houston wins and covers the thirteen. Boy, if there's a bull game I don't have conviction about, it's uh, it's it's this one. Um, I uh, <laughs> I'm going to take. I, you know what? I feel better about your life choices that you don't have <laughs> conviction. It's rare that you guys feel good about my life choices. So. <laughs> I cannot wait for the. New Mexico Bowl in Frisco, Texas to get played. The, the couple times I wanted to watch Hawaii, they were on that weird, like, free app service. And I just didn't, like, oh, you know, it's yeah. like 2.30. Like I'm watching takeaways. I want something on in the background. And I just was like, you know what? Not tonight. I'm not going to, like, get my phone spam trying to download Flow Sports or whatever it was. Uh, yeah, I uh, I will take uh, I will take Houston on pure brand name and little empirical knowledge. <sighs> Houston's given 13. Uh a lot of points. I don't know much about Hawaii, except they hosted all sorts of games this year that weren't theirs, and their stadium is currently condemned. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's sad. Yeah, and they're going to have to play at a high school. Yeah. They yeah. either have to play at a high school or go to Maui each week, which requires a flight. Next year is going to be real interesting for the uh, Rainbow Warriors. Uh, I'll take Houston, but um, great moments in Houston versus Hawaii bowl games. The 2003 Hawaii Bowl featured uh, a Houston 54-48 victory in three overtimes, and there was a brawl at midfield <laughs> after the game ended. So let's hope awesome. we get that again. There you go. By the way, pro tip for the Rainbow Warriors, go to Maui every chance you can get. Yeah, I mean, I think there. Uh, you can also get in that lucrative Maui recruiting market, you know, by moving <laughs> your game. That's right. Christmas Day, you know you're going to watch. Oh, God. The Camellia Bowl, which is a flower, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Uh, in Montgomery, I guess the Camellia, is there a Camellia industry sponsoring this? I don't know. Marshall versus Buffalo. <laughs> Sick of big Camellia just shoving themselves down our throats. <laughs> what if I want to buy tulips? <laughs> These flowers get fierce during bowl season, oh, man. They <laughs> do. The flower wars. A lot of flowers. The chicken wars. The Flower Wars. Here's the Camellia Bowl trying to step up. <clears throat> the Daffodil people just couldn't get it together. <laughs> <laughs> we control the Montgomery market. <laughs> We're going to move down to the, to the Gulf Shores, the too. Weak. Here's our chance. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness marshall versus buffalo buffalo's given three what a game <laughs> why will i be watching this <laughs> buffalo's coming off that tough mac loss so we'll see i know no that, i mean these are good teams that uh, that you know i somewhat tragically are spending christmas in montgomery but there you are <laughs> think uh, of the corsages though pat yeah, that's true. Think of the corsages. Even uh, the people in Montgomery want to leave. Why is the tulip industry is just a total no show, by the way. They need to get it, they need to get moving here. Um okay, now look, both teams ended with real duds, though. They were both undefeated late in the season. Marshall lost last two, Buffalo lost last one. Uh I don't think you can fix whatever's ailing Grant Wells, the quarterback at Marshall, that quickly. So I'm gonna take Buffalo in the running game. Uh, they're only favored by three. I think they can win this by 10. So give me the Bulls. 
Yeah, Marshall's offense no-showed the last two games. Pat has uh, documented on Twitter uh, what happened to Grant Wells. Poor, poor Grant Wells. Who was one of really like the breakout players in all college football this year. This is Marshall's quarterback, obviously. So I'm taking the Bulls. Let's hope Jarrett Patterson runs big and runs right off into the NFL and has a, it becomes our generation's next Darren Sproles. Uh, Buffalo. Taking Buffalo. The 26. I mean, we got a lot of Bulls here. I know. We do. <laughs> Pat and I are doing exactly what you told us not to do. So. No, you're doing all right. I just, I'm not going to add a lot. Buffalo. Double. Maybe, maybe they get Josh Allen to sub in. No. 26th, day after Christmas. This is a hangover. Quadruple header, baby. The Cure Bowl. We're not sure what we're curing, but hopefully it's Corona. Uh, the Cure Bowl has Liberty versus Coastal Carolina. This matchup was canceled due to COVID, unfortunately. Um, Hugh Freeze is like, damn, I'm still here. Coastal's trying to get to 12 and 0 so that the committee can drop them a spot. <laughs> Coastal's given six and a half. The Cure Bowl is, I don't know where it is. It's uh, Orlando. Orlando. All right. The Cure Bowl in Orlando. Uh, really good game. This I've said on Twitter is like the uh, when when the basketball committee puts two 25 win mid majors against each other in the first round instead of letting them play against power five teams uh this is what we got in uh, in the football version uh good game i'm i've been down with the chanticleers i'll stay down with the chanticleers the, they'll cover the six grayson mccall one of the best freshman quarterback seasons you're ever going to see proud roosters baby Interesting contrast in styles here. Um, the, one of the great things about picking bowls this early is like some of them may not happen. Also, Hugh Freeze may not be the Liberty coach. So please, God, if you are dumb enough to bet on these bowl games this year, bet like eight minutes before kick. That said, I'm, I'm taking Coastal. There's Liberty's been in flux for, for a little while here. And I, I like I think this is a top five bowl game. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it. It's control clock Coastal versus tempo Liberty. Should be fun. If you know anything about Hugh Freeze and his cell phone records, he gets he knows how to get business done in Central Florida. The I-4 corridor is a very, yeah. very rich area for Hugh and his cell phone. However, I don't know that he'll be there. Auburn may be desperate by then. I would take Coastal at this point. Uh, all right. The Serve Pro First Responders Bowl. See, that's the thing about the the Montgomery Bowl. You can at least, like, name it after, like, the military. Like, you know, somebody nice. First responders. We all like them. UTSA is playing Louisiana. Uh, Louisiana's given 13. Billy Napier does not want to be the Auburn coach. Uh, UTSA was originally slotted to play SMU in the Frisco Bowl, but uh, then that got canceled. We'll see how many jobs Billy Napier turns down before this game's played, and then they put a graphic out from Louisiana hailing how he's back and dedicated i predict at least three more before kick who are you picking oh i'll take uh utsa the one thing about louisiana this season is they've won a lot of close games oddly the iowa state blowout was an anomaly uh overtime with georgia state two-point win georgia southern three-point loss coastal four-point win uab they only beat awful texas state by 10 i don't go through it all you get the point uh 14 is a lot of points for uh utsa which has had a fine Plucky season under Jeff Trailer in his first run in San Antonio. I'll, I'll, I'll lay the points. I think Louisiana is a much better team. As long as Billy Napier has taken the 35-yard intentional safety out of the playbook, <laughs> I think they're going to be fine here. Good defensive team. Top 10 nationally yards allowed per play. Raging Cajuns roll. Oh, and by the way, a little honor for the first responder bowl. 
They set the curve, baby. They were the first bowl to opt out. Remember, they called off the game because of lightning between Boise and Boston College like two years ago. That's right. Before the game. Yeah. yeah they played like a quarter, I think, or something. That was when they were the they were the heart of Dallas Bowl. Yeah. Uh, and I think at the time they were sponsored by Zaxby's. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's a bowl yeah. sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> If, if there is an intentional safety that gives a backdoor cover and Pat is watching, just do us a favor, Pat. Can you just tape your reaction live? Like, as uh, the guy's running 35 yards back. <laughs> you'll you'll hear my reaction yes. wherever you are in America. Uh, I'm going Raging Cajuns. They wanted a piece of uh, Coastal. They didn't get it. They're going to take it out on UTSA. All right, the Lending Tree Bowl. Another. need You know, need to make a major financial decision in your life? Please be swayed while watching Western Kentucky play Georgia State. Georgia State's giving uh, four and a half. The Lending Tree Bowl is located in Mobile. Yeah, that's right. This is the one that they used to make Danica Patrick fly in and pretend she was a, <laughs> yeah, right. a college Go football Daddy. fan. Yeah, it was the GoDaddy Bowl. Yeah, it was always she would stand there on the sideline and pretend to care. Pat, why don't you pick first? What a dreadful game. I mean, five and six Western Kentucky, five and four Georgia State. Do we really have to? Uh, I'll take Georgia State out of just sheer apathy. Four and a half, I think, is the number. I'll take Western Kentucky. They've won three in a row against three completely dreadful programs, but there's a little momentum there. There's a little <laughs> juice there. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, and, and when you could pick Big Red, you got to pick Big Red. I Mascot that. battle is not close. I, I just I love that this is this is what it took to to insult <laughs> your guys' the sensibilities. <laughs> what a dreadful game. Uh I'm I'm gonna take Georgia State in the points. I'm taking my points. I got no idea. Nah, 29th. <laughs> what do they want me to tell you? I'll probably watch though. Um me too. 29th, the cheese it bowl. Now we're getting good. Actually, you're intriguing a little game. Yeah. The cheese it bowl. That is in Arizona. Pretty sure. You know, it's now in Orlando. That's part of the this is how unsettling this year is. What? Cheese It took its name and left Arizona to go to Florida. <laughs> what? The, is that the, the divorce bowl or whatever. The talking wheel of cheese has rolled from Arizona to Florida. A philandering bowl sponsor? Yes. I remember I I wanted to so we were out covering the national title game last year or the semifinal and the this well the, it was in Phoenix last year I believe it was between Air Force and Washington State and I said to Pat I was like hey do you want to go like we can go and you know we get we're lucky we get press credentials we can go he looked at me like I had asked him if he wanted to like run over broken glass barefoot from like Air, from Phoenix to Tucson it's like what. <laughs> I didn't end up going because I got busy, but it actually ended up being a pretty good game, Air Force One. But, okay, real quick aside, and I know we're getting long here, but Pete, what's the bowl game that you do? Is it the Boca Raton you did go to? Yes. Somebody was so asking, actually, actually asking on Twitter. They said, is that the Pete Grandma Bowl game? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so when I go visit my 100-year-old Nini in South Florida, she lives not far from Boca Raton, I believe I have attended three Boca Raton Bowls in my life. Um, very proud of it. Mike Rosenberg, our friend from SI.com, annually sends me a text wondering if I'm going to be the grand marshal of the Boca Raton Bowl parade, <laughs> which is which is good sports right here. But ironically, I'm not traveling this year for Christmas because of because uh, of COVID. But like, I would love to go to this game. Like, BYU Central Florida is like that's a, that that would be the best Boca Raton Bowl I've ever attended, and I have attended more Boca Raton Bowls than most. <laughs> than all I'm almost willing to bet. Yes. I didn't bring this up early because Dan was like trying to keep us on the clock and disciplined. I didn't want to yeah, go through my rich history of covering the Boca Raton Bowl. But here we are. Actually, I might have gone to four now that I think about it. 
I've got about as much uh, discipline as the uh, gap coverage of a Bo Pelini defense, I think, right now. <laughs> I cannot keep you guys. Uh, the Cheez-It Bowl, uh, I'm just, I'm just. first off, it's at Camping World Stadium in Orlando, which apparently ho- is hosting a bowl every night. It's like uh, college football Hanukkah. <laughs> <laughs> another, another night. Um, this thing is uh, was originally the Sunshine Classic. And then it's been the Blockbuster Bowl, the CarQuest Bowl, the Micron PC Bowl, the Florida Tourism Bowl, the Mazda Bowl, the Champ Sports Bowl, the Russell Athletic Bowl, the Camping World Bowl, and now the Cheez-It Bowl. Where do you find, like, the history of it, Dan? Is there, like, oh, a... Oh, I just know it off the top of my head. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's find yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Anyway, the game is actually all right. Miami against Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's giving one and a half. Uh, can the mullet? Mullets are very popular in Orlando. So I think he's going <laughs> to feel right at home. But can he beat the Hurricanes? Boy, here's my conundrum here. I mean, the last time we saw Miami, they were absolutely dump trucked by North Carolina. But I don't think the Big 12 is very good. If you're giving me points, I'll take Miami. Derek King, he'll show up. He'll play well. Uh, give me give me Miami. Yeah, I'm going to take, take Oklahoma State with, like, very, uh, very little conviction. Um, there, you know, these are two programs that kind of had a, a, a mess of uh, a mess of COVID this year. I'm going to take Oklahoma State. Just they've played okay the last few weeks. They did lose at TCU, which is a terrible loss. But I think they'll be able to score. And this is a somewhat better Oklahoma State defense. We were teased to believe until they gave up 44 to Texas Tech. So I, I don't know. I mean, essentially Miami's playing a Big 12 style, so I don't think that's going to rattle them. And I, it's just hard to forgive Miami for the epic turtling they did against UNC. So I will. I will take the mullet. I'm taking Hurricanes, although I feel like I'm going to be regretting it, but I'm taking the Hurricanes. All right, Valero Alamo Bowl, which is, I believe, in Houston, at least their Valero golf tournament is. San Antonio. Oh, San Antonio, that's right. That's the Alamo Alamo Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) I got thrown off. Um, Yeah, where's the Alamo? Remember the Alamo? Apparently, I did not. (laughs) (laughs) Number 20, Texas, making that exciting bowl trip down the road. Uh, against Colorado, I've picked every Texas game wrong this year. Like I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure of that. Like if if we just not picked Texas games, I would have been far above, uh, far above 500. I have little feel for Colorado. I know Dan, you're uh, they're they're naming vaping flavors after you in Boulder because you, you <laughs> jumped on the bandwagon early. Uh, I I just think Sam Ellinger is going to rally, and the Longhorns will rally around him, and they they are a better program and should win by a lot. But uh, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to have a lot of. Texas conviction with the with the way they've rallied with the, the way they've been inconsistent this year. Uh, there is one holiday tradition unlike any other, and that is Texas under Tom Herman and with Sam Ellinger at quarterback, looking good in a bowl game and winning the bowl game and winning big. So I say they're going to win. They're going to cover. It won't mean Texas is back. It won't mean anything. But Colorado has been exposed. I'm sorry, Dan's pet program came back down to earth, but they're going to lose again here. Texas wins covers. 13 is a lot of points, but I'm going to I'm going with it. Uh, I'm going with Texas as well. Uh, they will be back, Pat. We will mm. be talking about how Texas is back. OK, it's 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 did you not sign the? Did you not see the rules <laughs> of being a college football writer? Yes, you have to declare Texas back. Uh, I'm going to take Texas on this. This is a tricky one, but sorry. The buff bandwagon. Uh, Sully's going to lost on that one. I feel like. Not a wheel. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's going to be sending well, lone wolves yeah. everywhere. Wetzel right. way off the bandwagon. 
Yeah, I'm off the bat. 13 points, too. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm rattled. I didn't know where the Alamo was for a yeah, moment. I, he should be. I'm uh, just humiliated. So I'm trying to make it up by picking Texas. So he's proving my Lone Star State uh, love. All right, here's one. A great addition to the bowl lineup, even though I dislike the product, Duke's Mayo Bowl. We have the mayonnaise bowl. <laughs> Nothing says Amer- modern America more than uh, back in the day we had bowls named after, you know, fruits and vegetables, oranges, <laughs> things like that, flowers. Now we're just going straight mayo. Just just extra mayo. Big mayo has invaded the bowl industry. I hate mayo, uh, but I do uh, find this game interesting. Wisconsin versus Wake Forest. Wisconsin's given six and a half. Yeah, does anything really say Mayo more than a four and four team against a three and three team in Charlotte? I, I mean, thought you were going to say Wisconsin. Yeah, well, yeah, that that falls right into line there. Uh, I am tempted to take Wake because they're plus thirteen turnover margin in uh, only eight games. They've only turned the ball over three times, but I don't think they're they they can't stop the running game. And Wisconsin has not run it as well as usual. Paul Christ is going to say, "Dang it, we're getting back to running, and we're going to run over Wake, and we're going to win by nine. Cover the seven. Yeah. Milk toast would be like high praise for how I feel about this general uh, matchup. I will uh, I will take Wake Forest. I think there'll be some give a hoot there. They have not won since October 31st, um, but Wisconsin just hasn't scored much this season. And so thinking they're going to the, the, all of a sudden author a blowout when Wake Forest is every bit as good as sort of the middle class flotsam and jetsam in the Big Ten. I think uh, Wake will have some give a hoot and uh, come out of there with a uh, with a win. Hey, you know, uh, when you can you can win a bowl of mayo, <laughs> how do you not have give a hoot? <laughs> do they fill a bowl up with mayo? Like it's just a big mayo bath? Do you dump mayo on oh, your I coach? Hate mayo. I think you mayo got... is like that food that like makes me cringe. Like I'd rather eat a yeah, bowl of they... spiders than mayo. Like and big mayo puts a, you ask for no mayo, they put it on anyway because they don't believe you. Big tulip That's another thing. thing or two, like. Like there's there's a tutorial in Charlotte. They need to take advantage. Apparently, uh, I'm right. taking Wake uh, five and one against the spread in their last six. Uh, all right, the Trans Perfect Music City Bowl. Trans Perfect, not Dude Perfect, which would probably make more sense. And those guys probably make more money than Trans Perfect. Anyone want to guess, or do you know what Trans Perfect is? Does anyone know? No. Okay, it is. This is the most bizarre. Bowl tie-in I've got yet. It is a translation and language service company based in New York City. Okay. That the company is serves clients in many fields, such as film, gaming, legal, and healthcare. It is the okay. largest privately owned language service provider with offices in over 100 cities worldwide and more than 6,000 employees. Why I, are they I, sponsoring a bowl? I don't know. <laughs> and they've done a bad job, too, because I haven't even heard that name until you just said it right now. So... They, uh-huh. they clearly they, need to fire the marketing person. At well, they Transport. can probably translate what we're saying into hundreds of languages. <laughs> yes, yes. And dialects. Maybe they'll do that for us. I'd like to hear it in Hindi. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't let, know. Let, let the people anyway. back in Albania hear the podcast finally. Yes. And uh, somebody, what what is Iowa versus Missouri in Albanian? Iowa's giving 15 but getting COVID. So it's uh, currently <laughs> not, all activities are paused. We're not sure if the trans... What can stop the trans perfect, perfect translation? COVID. Uh, same word in every language. Uh, so we don't know if this is going to happen, but if it does, the Hawkeyes are giving 15 points. That's a lot of points in Iowa. We don't know who's going to play. They'll still cover. Have you seen Missouri lately? 
I mean, that defense is completely falling apart. Uh, best player opted out. They've got a former quarterback playing safety. Uh, there's Missouri is limping to the finish line. Uh, Iowa will win, cover, roll, rule. So as people who listen to the podcast know, uh, my feelings on this, betting on college football is not smart. Betting on bowls is really not smart. Betting on this bowl is like insanity. Uh, just because of the COVID issues at Iowa, you don't know who's going to show up. Total mess. I will take 15 points. Like, I wouldn't beat a whole lot of people by a whole lot of points. And I've got to think that there's going to be some key players out. So, I mean, this thing's a taffy pull. Uh, hide your eyes. And, you know, it, the fact that it's 15 makes makes me feel like, uh, you know, Missouri can string together a drive or two against what we're assuming is going to be a watered-down defense. I'm going Missouri too, man. I really feel like this is uh, Iowa. It's just a disaster. Who knows? I, I, I don't know how you bet this game, but we're going to do it. I'll take Missouri. They will celebrate at the Lake of the Ozarks. All will be good. <laughs> ah, here's a good, nice one. Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic. No problem right. there. Now we're on to some real games too. Oklahoma Sooners versus the Florida Gators. Uh, Dan Mullen's got a show cause. I don't know whether he can be on the sideline. No, he can. He will be on the sideline. He's not allowed. He Part of his punishment, remember we made fun of uh, LSU for banning themselves from a bowl a couple weeks ago? Yeah. Florida self-imposed punishment uh, for whatever violations they just had included Dan Mullen not leaving campus to recruit last fall when, when nobody could. Re- I, I mean, that's yeah. even better. Yeah, he couldn't even that's, go to Buckles if he wanted to. to uh, <laughs> that, is, that is the ultimate empty punishment. Yeah, I, uh, I I also uh, have not left campus. Anyway, Oklahoma versus Florida. Good game. Uh, Florida is given three. Bet the over, whatever it is, because neither of these teams can stop anybody. Uh, I am going to take the Sooners. Uh, no Kyle Pitts. We've seen Florida's offense without him, and it is it is not great. Um, and that allows Oklahoma to really pay attention to Kadarius Tony, who's really developed into just a delightful player. We'll be watching him on Sundays for a while, but I think the Sooners are rolling a little bit and they'll, they'll be some, uh, there'll be some motivation, but this is going to be 52 48 or whatever it is. So I'll, I'll take the points and root for chaos. Yeah, even without pits, I, this is, this is basically on the assumption that the sec is better than the big 12, which has basically been my position all year. And uh, the SEC's representative, Florida, will outscore Oklahoma, which has been playing better defensively the last half of this season under Alex Grinch. They've made improvements there. But Kyle Trask has still got some guys to throw to, and he will find them, and they will be open, and they will score, and Florida will cover. I think Oklahoma's playing really, really well. They were bad early in the year. They're playing really well. They are going to beat Florida outright by a little bit. And the offseason chatter is, can the Sooners win the national championship next year? Oh, please. There's my prediction. We'll be talking about it. Caleb Williams, the quarterback recruit they have, by the way, I think he could be like the next great college quarterback. So just tuck, got, that little, tuck that little Christmas nugget away for a rainy day. They got a ton of recruits coming in at Oklahoma. I, this is, this is, watch this. Watch that prediction right there. I'm not saying it, it, it's true. I'm saying there's going to be like 17 stories on The Athletic about, you know, you're predicting the predictions. I'm predicting the media narrative of the offseason is this is the team that Oklahoma breaks through. Mm. All right. I'd like them to not be behind by four touchdowns in a playoff semifinal in the first half. That's what I'd like. You'd like a lot of things. How about the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl between Tulsa and Mississippi State? You like that? Mm. Yeah. Tulsa's given two and a half. Who you like? 
I like everybody but Mississippi State. What the hell are they doing there? This was the game that originally really made me mad because I thought, you know, when Army, when it looked like Army wasn't going to play, like the Armed Forces Bowl is not going to have nine and two Army so they could have three and seven Mississippi State. But at least Army's going to play. But come on, Tulsa's better. Mississippi State, give a hoot factor there. Come on. Now, they 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 showed a little bit of rally at the end of the regular season, but Tulsa's had a great year. They'll finish it the right way, win cover. Yeah, if if this was a, a bull conviction pool or a confidence pool, I would take Tulsa as one of my uh, one of my higher picks. Uh, they had like it Tulsa. I give Philip Montgomery credit. They completely flipped the identity of the program. Uh, they have the twenty third best defense in the country. They're giving up twenty point eight points per game. They used to be crazy old Art Bryles tempo. That's where Montgomery came from, and uh, they're just radically radically different right now. But I've watched Tulsa a bunch. They have two NFL corners, and Zayvon Collins, their linebacker, who I, I would pay attention to make sure he plays in this game, is one of the five best linebackers in all college football. So, um, yeah, but give a hoot is, is a big reason behind it, too. But I really like this Tulsa team. It's hard to watch them and not think they're a top 25 football team. I liked watching Tulsa last week against um, uh, Cincinnati, and they actually remember that weird game against Oklahoma State early in the oh, year. Yeah. They actually kind of mucked it up. Uh, weird game. It's played at TCU. Bowl game at TCU kind of funny um i'm taking tulsa though the win and cover arizona bowl another one tough year for bowl sponsors nobody <laughs> wants this thing ball state versus san jose state uh san jose state is giving seven and a half against uh ball state the mac champions maction i really wish maction had stayed and done spring football would have been so much fun anyway pete san jose state has so much good juju right now. It's just going to be hard to. Uh, it's going to be hard to pick against them. Uh, Ball State's had a heck of a season, but I just, I just really think San Jose is uh, Nick Starkle slinging around the yard, and there's some momentum. And you know, uh, the one thing to watch here will be if Brent Brennan is the Arizona coach, which could happen by the time this podcast gets published, but it could definitely happen before the Arizona Bowl starts. But that said, I think San Jose keeps uh, the best story in college sports alive. Well, that if he is, then, you know, this is pretty easy for him because all he has to do is leave one locker room and then go into the facility because the bowl game is in Arizona Stadium. So it's a, uh, a fun thing to watch there, the awkward thing to watch for Brent Brennan. But I'm, I'm all on ball, ball State. I'm sorry, San Jose State here. Awesome season, not just undefeated for the first time since 1939. They have won every game by double digits. Nobody else has done that. Alabama hadn't done that. Coastal Carolina hadn't done that. Cincinnati hadn't done that. Uh, really good on defense. And, yes, Nick Starkle was a great addition. Go Spartans. Win and cover the seven. Absolutely phenomenal little game, though. Uh, yeah. San Jose State, the seven, the seven and a half I got. Uh, I'm not betting against these guys. Uh, they have uh, been they, they're literally America's team because they've either practiced or played in every state, <laughs> I think, at this point. <laughs> Go down to La Vic's, get yourself some enchiladas, put the orange sauce on, and enjoy the Spartans winning this game. Uh, all right, AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Army! Hey, yeah. got in there. Way to go. Uh, the Tennessee Vols got COVID. I'm not sure if it was on purpose or not, so they didn't have to play in this game. <laughs> but no one's going to miss them, even Sully. They're playing Army versus West Virginia. Uh, I'll tell you, the way West Virginia acts up, people of West Virginia sometimes, I'm not so sure this isn't a preview of our Army having to actually take on the state of West Virginia. <laughs> this is the rifle championship, too. This is big. This is big. Two right? rifle these powers, the, yeah. These are the rifle powers. <laughs> yeah, always root for Army in that one. But yep. uh, in this one, West Virginia's given seven and a half. 
Pete, you are our army expert this year. Who you got? I have uh, I have attended a uh, my first game at West Point. We talked about that back in uh, back in September on the pod. Our army's been interesting because they have just kind of like figured out a way to to gut out and win games. And West Virginia's interesting. They're basically undefeated home and winless on the road. Yeah, this is Army is always like the give a hoot. Uh, the the final score of that Army Houston bowl game was something like. I think Army scored 52 on Houston, which is hard for Army 70, to do. 70. They scored 70. It was 70 to 14. Which is hard to do with limited possessions. I'm going to take West Virginia because I do think uh, some late cancellations have uh, have will kind of have them locked in and, and ready to go. I know that there's all sorts of reasons to take Army, low scoring, short prep, West Virginia generally not being very good and uh, being shredded a few times in in, in recent weeks, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the uh, I'm gonna take the Mountaineers. Who do you think's got more guns, Army or West Virginia? <laughs> think our Army has more guns than the state of West Virginia or not? No chance. It's just that uh, I, close call, very close call. There, gonna the up the military budget if we're gonna take on West Virginia. I know that. <laughs> and they got it's not just little guns; they blow entire no. mountains up. <laughs> do not west with West Virginia, but I'm gonna here. I'm taking Army. I mean, seven yeah. and a half. I'm taking that. Same here. I'm taking Army in the points. That's that's an easy call for me. All right. Texas Bowl, TCU versus the fighting Sam Pittmans. TCU is giving five and a half. Texas Bowl is in Houston. I know it. Right? That one's in Houston. Yes, that one's in Houston. TCU is giving five and a half. That's what I got Correct. on the, the rundown. Uh, well, boy, if you're giving me Arkansas and the points, I'll take it. Uh, now, Arkansas has not finished the season well. TCU relatively has, but... I will I will take the underdog hogs there uh, again, riding the theme that I think the SEC is better than the Big 12 by a pretty considerable margin. And uh, give me Arkansas. I'll take Arkansas. Sonny Cumbie, the uh, longtime OC at TCU, just left for uh, for, for Texas Tech. Um, it's like leaving your wife or sister a little bit in Big 12 circles. So it's just hard to go against. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm taking Arkansas. Give me that points. I'll take it. All right. We had six games to go here. We're not doing the big ones. We'll do that on another show. We're running tempo. Tempo offense is now that we get to the good games. We'll go tempo offense. The teams people have heard of uh, <laughs> Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, Georgia versus Cincinnati. Georgia's given seven Cincinnati chapped at being ranked number eight. What do we got? Pete Bearcats. Give a hoot. Great defense. Uh, low scoring game here. And I think they could rattle JT Daniels. Uh, yeah, I got the Bearcats here. Love them getting the points. You could have like eight opt-outs on Georgia waiting to hear what the situation is there. JT Daniels has helped them, but he's playing a really, really good pass defense. 15 interceptions for Cincinnati. Uh, I like the Bearcats here. Opt-outs scare me, so I'm going to take the Bearcats and those points. But the, if if they're all there, Georgia can win this game. VRBO Citrus Bowl. Auburn first, number 14, Northwestern. Northwestern is giving four. Auburn doesn't have a coach right now. We'll see whether Northwestern has a coach. We'll see what Ooh. the North, the uh, the interest is from the NFL there. But obviously, a much more settled situation in general at Northwestern. I know they did have a big opt out out of the secondary, but uh, I just I like Northwestern here. They will. Bo Nix has trouble against most defenses, and this is a <laughs> really good defense. So definitely taking Northwestern. Uh, yeah, Pat just was the most polite way to say Bo Nix sucks without saying Bo Nix sucks. So I appreciate that. God, what such a weird game. These, these games, Northwestern. All right. 
Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Get your taxes done. Kentucky versus North Carolina State. Kentucky is giving two and a half. NC State's on a four-game win streak. I'm taking NC State. I have some conviction on this one. NC State's had a really good season. This is just like SEC brand, and their favorite makes no makes no sense. I agree. I, I said as much in the bowl dash that I did not understand the line on this at all. The teams that Kentucky has beaten has a, have a combined record of 8-31. and 31. Uh, NC State's better, has had a better year. They'll show it on the field. I'm trying to find reasons to disagree with you guys, but it's all a bunch of uh, SEC pumping up these spreads. So, yeah, I mean, give me NC State and points. No problem. Uh, Outback Bowl, Indiana versus Ole Miss. It's going to be a fun one, if nothing else. Uh, Hoosiers are giving six and a half. Can't imagine the last time Indiana was favored by that much in a bowl game. <laughs> Pat, they haven't even won a bowl game since 1991. So it's been a while. I I like Indiana in this. They, yeah, this could be wild. This could be Lane Kiffin like, I don't care. We're going to throw every down. We're going to onside kick. We're going to do whatever. But here's the thing. Matt Corral had a six-interception game against Arkansas, five-interception game against LSU. He's playing the team that led the nation in interceptions, 17 of them in just seven games. I think Indiana gets a pick six, maybe two, and wins by two touchdowns. What's the prop bet on two pick sixes in a game? I get some <laughs> nice odds on that. All right, Pete. How can he go against Lane Kiffin when he's getting points? Like it, even even with Penix in the game, this thing was going to be 50-48. So let's 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 just think Lane's got some stuff up his sleeve. I'm taking the Rebels. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'll take the Rebels. I don't know Indiana, other than Ohio State, have they played an offense like this? And getting giving me extra six and a half. Lane keeps it close, and he'll keep throwing. So uh, I'll take uh, Rebels. All right, Capital One. What's in your wallet, Orange Bowl? Going to get a lot of uh, that commercial. Yeah. Uh, AM chapped, not getting in the playoff. Jimbo back in the state of Florida, taking on Mac Brown and the uh, uh, North Carolina Tar Heels. Mac Brown, he used to coach at Texas, getting to coach Texas AM, all sorts of good stuff going on. We have no idea who will or will not be playing in this game. So let's pick it. AM's given seven and a half. Yeah, that we do have some prominent opt outs for North Carolina. Uh, and I think North Carolina is up against it anyway. I, I think AM has all the anger, motivation uh, to to put on points and, and to try to score late, too, if you're like a spread watcher, uh, which we are on this pod. So I think uh, AM wins by plenty, uh, certainly enough to cover. And Jimbo goes on one of his fast talking rants afterwards about how they should be in the playoff. It's a strong debate between which team I hated picking more this year, Texas or North Carolina. Um <laughs> So that said, I'm going to take North Carolina here. Plus, I've agreed with Pat too much, which always unnerves me. But I really feel like North Carolina's offensive line can hang with a vaunted SEC defense. And uh, they've found ways to run the ball and move the ball. And I don't think the old Aggies are going to be all that motivated. So on January 1st, Notre Dame will have played Alabama. And if I, we're not predicting that game right now, but there's certainly a, a strong chance that Notre Dame will have gotten absolutely crushed in that game which means that uh, Texas A&M will then take the field the next night with Jimbo trying to prove that he deserved that spot. Uh, they're going to put the herd on Tar Heels. Uh, so I am taking the Aggies. Uh, how about that for reasoning? Anyway, let's, uh, let's cue the song, baby. Our favorite bowl game is here. Yeah, baby. Yeah. PlayStation Fiesta Bowl, Pac-12 champ Oregon against Iowa State. Hooray, Ames. That's right. Cyclones are giving four and a half. Who are you picking? 
Pat. I'm not picking against them. Hooray. Come on. I'm taking the Cyclones here. Oregon won the Pac-12 championship, but was pretty darn terrible in the game other than Keaton Slovis throwing them the ball. So I, they, they have not ended the season playing well. Iowa State's had a good year. They're not as good as Louisiana, but I'm taking the Cyclones here. Hooray. Yeah, hard to go against. Hard to go against the Cyclones. I mean, all that good tap water all season. It builds See? up to the moment like this. So no doubt. <laughs> See, and they know good tap water, and they know good bush light. That's why they appreciate it. Cyclones, do it up. All right, we're gonna be back next week. We'll overreact to this. We will plan our uh, our actual uh, semifinal games more. If you made it all the way through this. <laughs> Good on you, but, you know, you really must be sick of your family because uh, I don't know. <laughs> or you're an ultra marathoner and this is on your earbuds. Yeah. I was one of the hosts and I got bored. But, you know, what can I tell you? Yeah, you are on a long drive to go see your family right now. If you're still listening yeah. to this podcast. <laughs> Lord, thanks for listening and subscribing and uh, uh, make sure you listen next week. We'll have some good stuff. Talk to you then. in the city.